challenges to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey everybody, welcome to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. So glad you joined us. And if you've been listening for a while, you already know that Say Yes to Spirit is all about saying yes to spirit. I mean, what else? Uh, actually, why did I even go in that direction? It's all about being open to what is ahead and knowing that you are always divinely guarded, divinely guided, divinely directed. All you have to do is sit and listen, and all you have to do is do your spiritual practice, and all you have to do is choose, choose to live your life in a way where it is obvious to you and everyone else that you follow divine guidance. So um, every week we have a theme, and that theme is um, an opportunity for us to just focus in or begin the conversation around a specific idea or concept, and to use that idea or, con- idea or concept to guide our conversation. And sometimes those themes are obviously spiritual, and other times they are not so obviously spiritual, but it affirms and reminds us that there is nothing, there is no thing that can be talked about that does not somehow come back to or relate to a spiritual context. So our theme this week is Come Hell or High Water. And, um, you know, you may have heard that when you were growing up, someone saying, oh, this is going to happen, I'm going to make this happen, come hell or high water. Or you you may have heard someone say, use the phrase when they were... um, in doubt that I don't know how this could possibly happen, right? So our thing today is come hell or high water. And if you've been on the website, you already know we ask the question about what do you believe more in, disaster, determination, or divine action or divine guidance? Three Ds. I like that. Yeah, you got to always have the same. That's very impressive. Yeah. So before we get into Come Hell or High Water, Leslie loves to connect the dots. Yeah, connect the dots. It's and change. Last time mm. our theme was And so is there a connect the dots between Come Hell or High Water? And change. You know, it's interesting hearing what you were talking about. The idea, the belief, certainly that I have is, is as you were saying, that all things are spiritual. That there's a spiritual connection to all things, and so that's why I like kind of the connect the dots, the idea of bringing things together and looking at the similarities of how they have a golden thread. 
like the idea of a golden thread connecting things. And my hunch is come hell or high water, which is such a fascinating old-timey saying, and um, the idea of change, I would imagine, my connected dots, the feeling that I have is that the resistance to change, sometimes it feels like I'm going through hell or high water, getting through the change, even if the change is good. And I think we talked a bit about that last week, which is really kind of sad and pathetic. But even if the change is good, it still feels very overwhelming or daunting to me sometimes. I like that word daunting. So uh, it feels like hell or high water change. That's it. And, I, and I'm, I'm hoping we figure out a, a way to figure out hell and high water. I'm really fascinated. I can't wait to hear what I have to say about that, really. <laughs> Yes, it's a fabulous topic, actually. So let's take a little one-minute break, and then we will be back talking about come hell or high water. Um, Say yes to spirit. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, and our theme today is Come Hell or High Water. Yeah, that reminds me, of, I used to work with this older man that 30 years ago, at the end of the day, when he would leave the office every day, he would say, um, I'd say, I'll see you tomorrow, Fred. He'd say, God willing and the creek don't rise, I'll be here. Yes. And I used to always think, you know, the creek don't rise, like, you know, in case, you know, something happens outside of our control kind of idea and come hell or high water that's such a fascinating because I'm trying to recall because as you were saying earlier do you think of it as a like a conviction like I'm going to do this come hell or high water I'm going to get through this or do you in your experience with it as a child was it like a scary thing Oh. Like it, it, it's 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 saying impending doom is on the horizon. Oh, well, no, I think, yeah, what's in my mind is how I always used to hear it was mm-hmm. it was determination. determination. I'm going to make that happen, Hello. or Hello. or no matter what it takes, we're go- we're going to make that happen. So. Um, so much more the determination, although I have also heard it used in the sense of, um, well, often in disaster, the disaster has has happened or we believe it's going to happen, mm-hmm. and then, you know, there's still that determination that we'll be able to deal with it or we'll be able to handle it. So the... Um, 
the derivation of the phrase mm. isn't well understood. I'm now reading from the a phrase dot site. <laughs> or there's a site that says the phrase. That talks about the meanings of phrases. Mm-hmm. Hella high water, the meaning is any great difficulty or obstacle, but the derivation is not well understood and doesn't appear to be linked to any specific event or thing is just most likely an impressive-sounding alliterative phrase, which is, of course, why I love it, hell and high water, and after, you know, using the same letter over and over again, that refers to things that are obviously difficult to overcome. It's an American phrase and appears in many U.S. sources. It's an American phrase. Yeah. Is it well? But doesn't that make sense? The American population, the American culture, the American myth mm-hmm. of Things charging forward and will be in control of it, and independence, and I'm going to get it done. I mean, it very much fits the culture of um, of what we you know think of as American. And, you know, just as our science of mind belief philosophy tells us, and you tell me if I'm saying our philosophy incorrectly there, Tracy, but as I understand it, it, it talks about the idea that I create my reality with my thoughts. And so if I'm saying I'm going to do this come hell or high water, and I have this idea that this is going to take some determination that would be able to, you know, bridge over high water and walk through hell, then I'm almost creating that that experience, that that extreme experience, that extreme difficulty. Um, I had a, a friend over the last couple of weeks that has been doing a tapping seminar. Are you familiar uh-huh. with tapping? It's yes. A, it's a new thing. If you don't know about tapping, it's really worth a Google. It's, it's kind of an acupressure point thing, experience. It's a pattern that you go through tapping on your different areas of your face and you pull in different phrases when you're trying to shift the energy around a particular feeling or a particular um, difficulty that is happening. And she's been listening to this series online and been doing it and had been avoiding doing it with her relationship, which is kind of the big thing in her life right now. And she just thought one night, well, I'm just going to tap on my relationship and so she tapped about wanting to have this conversation that has been in the back of her mind to say, but hasn't really known, understood how to bring it up. And within, she tapped that night, like around 9 or 10 o'clock, and the next morning around 11, her partner actually brought up the conversation. And her partner would be the very last one in the world that would bring up such a serious conversation. And it was, the conversation she and I had was, isn't that fascinating? The thing that she was so, you know, it's going to be this horrible experience. It was going to be such a difficult thing. And she had this natural thing that she did. The tapping is a very natural, very kind of organic thing. And it opened the door to a very easy flowing, well, I wouldn't say, the conversation was so difficult to say, some of the words, but it was a very um, natural kind of outcome. It wasn't forced, it wasn't difficult, and it was created by this 
again, a very natural kind of solution with the tapping or action. And I think that many times the solution or the good is right there, and the idea that we think we have to go through hell or high water creates this whole deal that becomes the problem. Well, we create the deal, and then the universe creates the drama or the situation Mm -hmm. that gives us what we're expecting, that it will be hard, it is an obstacle, there is difficulty. I know know that um, when it's used not in anticipation of a difficulty, but a difficulty that already exists, and, and, and experience or situation that already exists, that feels very difficult. <clears throat> you know, then it's kind of what gets you through it. Like, it's it's not so much the, it, it, well, it becomes a commitment. I'm totally committed to this. I'm, to it being hard? <laughs> no, I'm totally committed to the, whatever outcome I'm saying come hell or hot water. Mm. Uh, what makes me think of that was, I, you know, one of the reasons the phrase sticks in my head is because of the civil rights movement. Mm. And so the situation, the difficult situation already existed, mm-hmm. had been created over decades, centuries, and there was um, there was this sense of, and the phrase, come hell or high water, was used quite a bit in the mm. late mid to late 60s around come hell or high water, you know, we shall overcome or come hell or high water, we will be at that march for civil rights or come hell or high water, you know, we won't back down, not in terms of, um, you know, going to war, but we won't back down because freedom or equality is that important. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, it Yes, it was determination, but it was not determination to hurt anyone or to, you know, it was commitment. It was used as a phrase to to represent, you know, I am totally committed to this cause, to this purpose, and my, I as an individual am totally committed, and I am in, even if that, even in the face of death. Yeah, even in the face of being going to jail, even in the face of um, you know what whatever a police or, or or an individual person might do to me, because I am committed to to equality for my children and my grandchildren. And so, in that sense, it's determination, but it's also a personal commitment if that makes any sense. No, 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 it does. And it and it and it, it kind of it seems like a foundational commitment, like re- regardless of what happens, obviously. I'm going to move forward. This is my And and how many times or how many times in in life, in life do I am I willing to give up that foundational whatever it is that I say I'm going to do and then I'll you know, it'll get hard or there'll be hell or there'll be high water and I'll be like, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not now. I'll try yeah. this again that later. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. but then not idea. so much. Exactly. And so how do I, you know, what things are so significant to me or so important to me that I do, you know, regardless, like you say, the the possibility of, you know, even death, certainly back in the day. 
So, you know, and I'm sure that that is, I mean, that's the example that comes to mind because I'm, I know that's the context in which I first became exposed to the phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, I've heard it uh, through the rest of my life in different scenarios and situations, many of which are just individual personal, you know, commitments to do a report or finish a project or, you know, work together on something not so personally um, critical. But it does make me think about how the question, do I believe more in disaster determination or divine guidance comes to play because personally, for me, I don't think I would, that phrase, come hell or high water, would come to mind for me to use if it wasn't feeling like I was in a disaster situation, uh, you know, a crisis right. situation. Uh, where my personal beliefs and values were being challenged or mm-hmm. threatened, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I would use it. I, I'm just trying to think, is there any other way I would use it, um, use that phrase? And I don't think so. Like if I just was working with a client and they wanted me to commit that I was going to show up for something, I, 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 it wouldn't. It would be appropriate if I wanted to say, "Oh yeah, come hell or high water, I'm going to be there." But I, pro- I probably wouldn't think to use it because that doesn't have enough of a sense of uh, negative consequence that would be under the category of disaster. Oh, the commitment. The, the, the you know, I would still commit right. to do that. You know, yes, you can count on me. Um, but it wouldn't have that feeling of doom if you didn't. You would. So you're saying this is a deeper level of commitment, or you're saying? Yeah, I don't think a, generically. I'm. I was just thinking mm-hmm. when might I use that phrase? Come hell or high water. I think when I hear it and other people use it, and it's more conversational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it immediately. Like you know immediately what they mean. It mm-hmm. means I'm going to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make that happen. Right. I am. You can count on me. Right. I'd be more likely to say you can absolutely count on me mm-hmm. or I, you know, have every intention of being there. Um, and I can imagine myself saying come hell or high water, but it would be more of something that was already in disaster mode, already in crisis mode. Yes. I mean, that does that pulls up. You know, that's the idea behind, you know, that there's a natural solution to things like breathing or tapping or meditating and that this, come hell or high water, makes it seem like that there's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot on my part. I'm going to have to really do a lot to get what I want or need or said I would do. And I I think because I believe that, my favorite letter word, four-letter word, because I believe everything's going to take work, then it becomes hard. <laughs> then it becomes my other work. Four letter work. So, but if I could shift and really act, what my ultimate belief is is that there's this energetic flow that's always available to me. That if I get in it, then I'll naturally know what to do, and things will just occur. Conversations will happen. 
lights will turn green, you know, money will come, people will show up, conversations will be had. And it's not work or effort, but my belief that I have to go through hell or high water to have it happen is what then creates this challenging day-to-day, oh my gosh, I can't get through it kind of feeling. So what you just described is the third D, divine action. Right, the flow. And if I really believe that, yes. then I might still say come hell or high water, but instead of come hell or high water, I'll get it done. Even if I say I will get it done, I'm saying that I as the I am. Mm-hmm. Come hell or high water, I know that God is guiding me and this whole process, and it will be done. Right. It will be done. Um, and, you know, which actually brings up how this got to be our topic today. Oh, yes. Is there a story behind that? Yeah. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> right. How could that ever happen? Um, so I was, I was invited to do a prayer for someone. So you said that language very carefully. You were invited. I was. I like that. I was, I was. invited. I was invited okay. to do a prayer for someone. An individual prayer or individual. prayer in front of a mass of people? No, no. Individual oh, prayer okay. for someone. All right. And uh, um, and the idea came up in the conversation before the prayer. The, it, what came up was this sense of what we often talk about as spiritual bypass. So, you know, I really want something. I really believe it's mine. But then in in from the moment I claim it and believe it, to the moment it actually happens, you know, there's some little things that seem like barriers in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. And barrier one, you go, okay, just a piece of cake, I'm doing this, because I know Mm -hmm. what I want is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then barrier two comes up and you go, huh, maybe I'm not really, maybe God doesn't really want me to have this. I don't Mm. know, but I think, but I want it, so, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this barrier two, I'm going to beat that. Then barrier three comes up, and then all of a sudden it shifts into, I guess I'm not supposed to have this. You know, God must want me to have something else. Hmm. So the resolve starts fading, and then, of course, the actions that are, the universe is always, always responding to what we truly believe, right? So then there are more barriers, more barriers, and more barriers. So in the conversation, the it, what came up was, number one, I have to, this per, you have to choose what you want. You really, you have to choose what you want. Mm-hmm. And then the universe or spirit or God gets behind you. And what came out of my mouth was, come hell or high water. The universe. You said that in your uh, prayer? No, this was before ah, the conversation before cute. the prayer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, come hell or high water, because, you know, keep in mind, the universe is at your back. God is at your back. God, God's will is that your will be fulfilled, that you get what you want. 
as long as it's not hurting anybody else, right? So if you have to go through hell, what better partner can you have going through hell than God, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If there's high water, what better partner can you have or what better boat can you have than God? And so it, what hit me was, you know, and this is all just coming, and it hit me, two things hit me. Number one was, ooh, that would be a really good blog post. <laughs> How your mind works. Right, about, you know, come hell or high water, and it's God walking with you mm-hmm. through what you perceive as hell, mm-hmm. and God is your boat when the, in high water. And And then the second thing that came to me was, That'd be a great theme for. <laughs> You're always thinking, Tracy Brown. Well, I guess as long as I'm alive, I guess the brain is working. But the idea that no matter what comes, mm-hmm. if I have clarity about who I am and whose I am, you know, who I am and what <clears throat> I want to experience, then divine. Action is always at play, and what looks like a barrier really is probably just a milestone or a step that I need to go through on the physical plane in order to get the best deal, in order to meet the right people, in order to learn what I need to learn, and you know, and or it's serving me. Mm-hmm. It's actually serving me. Mm-hmm. And if I believe that that's what's happening, that divine guidance and divine right action is serving me so I can have what I said I want, then what's the big deal? Why am I afraid? Why am I, why am I so quick to say, instead of saying this is what I want, this or something better, that I could be so quick to say, well, that's what I wanted, but... Clearly, God doesn't want me to have that. God has a better idea or a different idea. It is, it is, um, it is always a question of whether or not I'm living what I believe. Mm-hmm. If I'm really living what I believe, then all of the things have to be pushing me towards that good. But if I fall back into this idea that I'm sort of a puppet of spirit and you know spirit has the ultimate control that I am just dependent on yes or no answers from outside of myself you know then I have to then I then I do sort of lay down and give in or give up but if I really have this sense of understanding that you know I am spirit expressing then then there's all sorts of energy behind that. There's all sorts of positiveness within the belief of that. You know, it doesn't, I don't know why I keep coming back to this idea that it doesn't just, it's not meant to be hard. It's not meant to be difficult. It's not meant to be work. It's just the flow happens naturally. And if it doesn't seem to be happening on my time frame or doesn't seem to be happening in my, you know, what my human says this would be the way it should look, that it doesn't mean it's still not happening. Exactly. That just because right, just because I cannot see it, mm-hmm. just because I didn't get the phone call from the person I got expected to get the phone call from, doesn't mean that 
<clears throat> there is no activity going on. Wow. Act- yeah. I, I'm, and I know that. Look at you. You just had an aha moment. I did. Now I could see it. I know that. And but do you why live do it, I forget it? Do you live why it? Why do I forget yes, it? Yes, yes. You would tell me that's the human experience. I would tell you it's because I'm weakened and forgotten the truth of who I am. Oh, well, but I'm not weak, would... and I have not forgotten the truth of who I am. So you're right. I'm just having a human experience. No, and this this past week, um, the the aha moment was, Oh yeah, that's exactly what was going on. I I've been working on a. I had created a proposal for a client, a potential new client. Oh, maybe a month ago, and they were all excited about it, and um, and I was pretty sure that the primary contact had like stopped her search and was not looking at other people, and that I was nice. at the top of her list. And then a week went by, you know, there was a meeting she was preparing for, and a week went by, and I didn't hear anything. And I thought, well, that's really unusual because they're gearing up for something that needs to happen pretty quickly. And so I reached out and found out that, you know, she didn't get an automatic approval, so she was doing these other things mm. to meet the needs. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Just, you know, let me know at the end of the week. And then the next week, I got a request for references, which is okay, but it's like you didn't need references three weeks ago or two weeks ago, (laughs) and so maybe somebody else Mm. who's on the decision-making team Mm -hmm. is looking at somebody else. So Mm. now they're trying to really decide, give her references. Mm -hmm. But a week goes by, and she hasn't contacted any of the references because I checked with them. Mm -hmm. So all of that was going on over about a four-week period. And, yeah, at one point I remember thinking, well, is this not supposed to happen? Ah, it's not for there me. There you go, there you go. But what I did was I actually said, no, I want to work with this client. I'm the perfect match for them from everything I've heard, mm-hmm. I, and I will love working with them, and they actually need my er- expertise. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be working with them. I don't know what this is all about. I don't know what this process stuff is, but I know it's already done in Divine Mind. And I mostly stayed there. Right. Mostly stayed there. And when I noticed I wasn't there, I moved you back, back to that. There. That's good. So that was really interesting. But then, so in the last week, what happened was I I had made the suggestion that even though she lived in another part of the country, they have people locally in Dallas. And, you know, if it would be helpful, like have me go in and meet and talk with somebody who's here local. And so I got an email saying that she, that this client contact person was actually going to be in Dallas. Mm. And could I come over and meet with her and a senior nice. VP and another person? And And so I did this past week. The outcome of that, of that reminding myself to go back to, you know, there was a part of me that wanted to say, even though I never thought of that phrase, come hell or high water, I'm determined to make this happen. What I realized was every time I realized that I recognized I was off track, I always went back to, I know that this is true. Like basically, 
hey, universe, hey, God, you know, get it together. I, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is going to happen. Um, and so I met with them, and I was very clear when I left the meeting that I would be working with them. It just might not be as soon as mm. the original plan, because now we're like five weeks behind the original planning start date. Mm. And the event they were going to do was a month away. And I'm thinking, yeah, I can still make it happen in a month, but it's going to be hard. So I'm just not going to worry about that. Whenever it happens, I'm going to do it. But they didn't say that. So then I got a call two days later, a request for a conversation. About? About. As a result of our conversation, let's have a conversation, of the conversation with the three people. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, let's talk about, like, kind of restructuring and creating a new proposal nice. based on that conversation. And so we had that phone call, and what happened was they still want to do something four weeks from now, but I'm getting basically an opportunity to draft a contract that will have that will probably be worth at least five times the money of the original one-day event. Nice. And I, and I realize it's like I never wavered from I'm supposed to work with these folks and I want to work with these folks and I know they need to work with me, I mean, you know, that I'm a good match for them, they're a good match for me, we could do some amazing things together and realizing it wasn't just up to me that the universe had to put everything in place. So what I could see as the barriers, Mm. they're not getting back to me. Oh, now they're asking for references. Oh, they've got this event coming up in November, and they must have decided to work with someone else, and, you know, and they're just going to string me along. Mm -hmm. You know, all kinds of doubts came up. Um, they're stringing me along because they actually are trying to work out a contract with somebody else, but they want to keep me as a backup in case they can't come to terms. Well, maybe I'm not charging them too much, enough, and so they don't realize the value I'm bringing. Or maybe I charge them too, maybe my prices were too high instead of too low. All the things we tell ourselves. Right, and all of that stuff kept coming up. But she would stop it. Well, I would notice that it came up. Right. And then I I often would start into worry or fear, but then I would go back to, no, uh uh-uh. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's happening on their end. All I know is what's happening right here on my end with me. And what I know is this is a perfect client for me, and, and I'm the perfect consultant for them. And the work they say they want to do, if they're serious, if that is the work they want to do, I'm doing it. We need to be working together. Right, right. And I can't worry about what they're thinking or what they're doing. So I, but I had this unwavering, almost unwavering. <laughs> I had this clarity. I guess yes. that because it yes. wavered. Yes. But I would always come back to right. the commitment right. and the clarity. Right. And what was different was I really understood. I this wasn't something I could personally do. Hmm. I needed the universe working what you just earlier referred to as the natural mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. so that they came to that conclusion mm-hmm. without me doing push, push, mm-hmm. push, push, push. And now I have a new client, and we're just working Fantastic. out the terms. 
and it's going to be great because it's going to be more than just showing up on a, at a one-day event. Mm. You know, I'm going to actually get to help them shape the the direction of what they're nice. doing. So, on the you know, I could imagine if I had the attitude of come hell or high water, I'm going to work with this client. And in some ways, I did. Come hell or high water, I'm going to work with this client. God, work it out. Spirit, get to work. Because this is the perfect client for me, and I'm the perfect consultant for them. Make it happen. So it was more of a claiming, in a way. Yes. A claiming of what what you knew to already be true. Yes. And not releasing that claim when what thing, when things happen that appear to be barriers or challenges. And isn't that an interesting concept of when... And and it's as if when we see the barrier and then give up, I know there's an old saying in Al-Anon, people used to say that heaven is full of people that mm-hmm. look back and see they were 10 yards from the finish line and they just said, oh, well, not yeah. for me. Right. So it's that final 10 yards or that final belief or that pushing through the the lack of belief in reminding like you said, you had to keep kind of shifting yourself back to this, oh, no, this is true. This is what I believe. And what causes me to give up? What causes me to say, oh, well, it must, I must be wrong. There must not be divine design to this. It was just my illusion of what, you know, how do I, how do I make those sorts of, decisions, you know. Or the 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 perfect example of we we turn our spiritual thinking on its head, we turn it upside down and we say there is a divine design and I don't have anything to do with it. You know, it's like, oh, it's fate or or the the idea that God doesn't want me to have it. You know, it's like I still pretend I'm in a coming from a spiritual place, when really I'm giving up. I'm giving up and saying it's really not that important to me. Must you know? not have been God's will. Right. And we forget that God's will is that we each use our individual free will to set the direction and the tone of our lives. And God doesn't have any judgment about what we choose because everything we everything and anything we can do is within the circle of God because there's no action that we can think of that wasn't created by God, right? There's nothing we can do or think or say that wasn't created, and, and it's our option what to choose. Now, we can choose things that are more like the qualities of God or we can choose things that are not like the qualities of God because God gave human beings that will to do it. And what we choose, God says, yes. Now, Leslie would say, <laughs> what, what we choose, say? God says, are you sure you want to do that? You know, there's really you really could choose this. You know, I care a lot about you, and I really wish you would choose this other thing, but okay. The divine design is always pushing me towards the highest good. If I listen to my intuition, I do believe that there is intuition at play. Yeah, yes. that voice is there, that whisper is there, saying, you know, you could choose this. 
And but if you choose this other thing, well, okay, you know, we can do that. It just makes the trip around a little bit longer. It's a detour. But if I am paying attention, the divine design would absolutely show me the clearest path to the next best thing. Yes, Leslie would say that. That there is there is a, a mutual admiration club. Divine design loves me. I love divine design. Oh, is that what you're saying? There you go. There you go. Come on. Isn't Come on. That cute? Everybody. A mutual admiration club. <laughs> uh, me and God. God and me, we love we each other. Like we got it like that. We love each other. <laughs> There's a deep, deep, deep love for each other. I love how you go into your southern accent mm-hmm. when you go there. Mm-hmm. It is a, it's a it's it's reminding you know it's again it's reminding myself of what I believe in. Am I living in that or am I living outside of what I believe? And I uh, had a conversation with someone this morning that was talking about um, feeling like she is getting into such a state of panic or anxiety that she was actually losing her mind, that she felt like she didn't have control of her mind, and I absolutely relate to that, and I can look back, and and I see times where I, like, flip a switch, and I forget everything that I know, and I'm outside (laughs) of everything that I believe, and I, and it's those moments that someone who loves me can bring me back, or, you know, the sound of a red bird, or a song on a radio, or something will, will trigger me back into remembering what I know, but, you know, in those moments, how does that determination come back to me to get back into the divine action side? Um, Sometimes that determination comes from outside sources. Yeah. The reminder comes from outside sources. And it was interesting when I think of the word hell, of course, I don't believe in hell, and um, as a physical place, as a physical place, you know, hell or disconnection from hell would be what I just described. When I forget or don't remember the truth of who I am, I'm in hell. So I'm separated from my own self. And um, the, again, this woman this morning was talking about you know dark energy or darkness kind of coming and pulling people into the darkness. And again, I. I'm fascinated by how I can give power to what I perceive as darkness, what I perceive as fear, what I perceive as people that have power over me. I give them my power to then say, man, you know, that was Satan and that, you know, that was bigger than me and I was washed away. And and so it's a nice little ready excuse to not have to, again, be committed to what I believe, be committed to what I know. And if I really believe that I am spirit expressing, well, then all other things fall aside from that. And it's fascinating. I've been doing one-minute meditations in the morning. (laughs) And on really good mornings, I, I get five minutes. But I had been probably maybe a, at least six months, maybe closer to a year with, with really no meditations in the morning. In the last couple of months, I've been doing that, you know, in my red deck chair at least a minute in the mornings. And yesterday morning, I do a class at the jail on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings. And yesterday morning, I realized as I was just sort of in the flow of my morning that I was happy. 
that I felt stronger, that I felt calmer, and I mm-hmm. and I knew immediately it was because that little one minute yeah. had started to build. Yeah, and it was fascinating to really see that that is literally all it takes is one minute feeds on itself. It's a link in a chain, as the wonderful sit in, who are the, John and Linda Caswell will talk about, you know, sit in the silence, link in a chain. If if I do it every day, even if it's just a minute, again, coming back to this idea that it just doesn't have to be this huge, drawn-out, horribly difficult thing. Spirituality is, spirit divine is so ready. They are, you know, right there ready. All I have to do is very little very little on the human plane to open up this incredible flow that's always there. It's like very little to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To give that sense of spiritual grounding more weight and more value than all of the drama we get caught up in. Just just create that little opening. Mm-hmm. So... And be determined. Be determined for that. And I, you know, I, I guess it's so funny. The hell in high water makes me feel like it's a bad thing. But in context of what we've been saying, it, it really is a, just a commitment. It's a, it's a steady, eddy kind of commitment. But initially I'm thinking it, it brings about difficulty. It makes it difficult if I think it's going to take hell or, you know, if I think hell in high water is going to try to prevent me, then I'm creating this more difficult path. Right. It's something I have to fight. It's something that I have to be the victor over. Oh, wow. Disaster, determination, divine action, guidance, four kingdoms of consciousness. Ha! My favorite thing. I mean, it came up last week and maybe even the week before, but Mm -hmm. that if I am just seeing whatever's going on from a lens, through a lens that labels it as a major disaster or crisis, I'm most likely standing in kingdom one consciousness of the world is happening to me. When I step into determination, I'm moving up, taking responsibility of what I can do, what I can make happen, and that becomes kingdom two. But then when I move into the divine action and guidance that's happening through me and making the things in my life happen the way they happen, I'm moved over into um, divine guidance, especially moving over into kingdom three. And then if I literally am living in divine action, then I'm in kingdom four. I'm walking on water. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going. That's what I'm doing. And, yeah, and is the four kingdoms something someone could Google and find out? Are they that well-known or is it just a science of mind kind of thing? Well, I don't know, but since there's ah, a computer right here, yeah. let's see what happens if you type in four so, kingdoms. Four certainly is a um, nice way to look at of, transformation of consciousness. Now, if you do the four kingdoms, you get a lot of other stuff. But if you do the four kingdoms of consciousness, let's see what you get. You get the um, some things that without looking at them individually looks like uh, it would come up. One the of them about five down specifically, I know it's the right one because it says to me, by me, through me, and as me. 
See, that, see the stages of spiritual development is what. See, that's and I really think that would be something if I'm looking for kind of the path and to determine where I am on the path and how I go back and forth, you know, within a 60-second period on the path, um, that is a really fabulous concept. I'm struck. I keep seeing this. I know I said this at one point that um, I watch people walk their dogs a lot in my neighborhood, and I notice this one woman that carries this stick, this huge, like, stick all the time, and I... One day, about a year ago, I asked her finally, I was like, well, why do you have that stick? And she was very clear that, you know, it was to ward off other dogs that might attract, attack her dogs. It was to, you know, beat up a person if somebody came at her. And I remember being so struck by the concept that she was walking with, clearly with her thought was, something bad's going to happen to me and my dog, and I have to protect myself. Sooner or later. Right. And... And I and I balance that with you know being smart and 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 understanding you know the human experience I guess and I, and so I'm always kind of feel foolish saying this you know it's like well put down the stick and you'll be happier but then that'll be the day she gets beat up or something right or the dog right, will be attacked right and, and yesterday it'll be all your fault. yeah that's right that's right then it'll be my uh, and then yesterday I saw this guy walking with an axe I kid you not an he axe? an axe an axe an axe, and I kept looking at it going, that's an axe, we even have an axe, but he's got an axe, and I thought, man, that's stepping up that fear to that next level, I don't, I don't, do, I don't just need a stick, I need an axe, you know, and then I thought, you know, about all this gun control and gun idea now that, you know, we, we believe we need a gun, and and so it's different levels, and I think you know, of course it comes down to what do I believe for me personally do I need to be safe? And if I believe I need a stick to be safe, then, then you, you better get a stick. You right. better get a stick because you need a stick. Exactly. If I believe I need an axe, well, I guess you better get an axe. I hope you don't get a gun just in case your belief's wrong. But, you know, I mean, you know, you have to go with your level of whatever, and, and my level of belief is, you know, I would be fine. But it's fascinating to watch how... You know that four kingdoms of consciousness, that that idea of tra- spiritual transformation. How does that act out in my physical world if I'm living from a victim standpoint, or I'm living from the standpoint of being a co-creator, or I'm living from the standpoint of God working through me, being kind of a conduit, or I'm working from the standpoint of being God, the mm-hmm. I am that I am. And so, uh, how I'm thinking, whatever kingdom I'm coming from is very much going to outpicture in the actions I take. And I, I'm always fascinated that I can kind of get a thermometer on my spiritual well-being by when the guy cuts me off in the, you know, car. <laughs> yeah. You know, how am I doing comes out really pretty quickly. And um, and I think it is very, to be aware of those things, to be conscious is a huge, huge thing. And to be conscious, am I making this, is this going to be the hardest thing in the world? Is this little task that I have to do this afternoon, is this going to just just take every bit of my breath to be able to do it? Or is it just going to happen? And can I make it fun? And I can remember a friend telling me months ago, you know, that it, things happen, I can make them a meditation or I can make them a spiritual practice, you know, the idea of mindfulness. Even if it's something that's mundane or routine, if I do it mindfully, if I go into it with the idea of this is, this is part of a, you know, am I scrubbing the toilet is part of a spiritual practice or am I scrubbing the toilet because it has to be done and it's a horrible thing and, I, you know, it's going to take all day. 
So how I go into whatever I'm doing then creates the experience. Yeah. That's so simple, it's hard. That's what they say in Trust X programs. It's so simple, it's hard. Because sadly, if it seems simple, our mind goes, that can't, that can't be right. This whole human experience is supposed to be hard. <laughs> it's supposed to take work. That's what the human experience tells me. Well, the human experience has a limited perspective. Mm-hmm. It believes 100% what it can believe, but it has a limited perspective, so we shall not be completely guided by it. And I'm fascinated by the, having to have it re-reminded. You know, I, I'm the world's worst, and within 60 seconds, forgetting, remembering, awakening, sleeping, all of that really quickly, back and forth. I um, was at the center for spiritual living this morning, and I saw they must have had a ritual there at some Last, point. Oh, no, tonight. Yeah, oh, coming tonight, up. Coming mm-hmm. up. Because they had a, a little path with some rocks laid out and, you know, some billowing curtains, and, you, and I even with no one there and no one saying what it was going to be happening, I could clearly see the idea was that I'm going to be walking through something, that I'm going to have an experience from. I'm going to start here and I'm going to walk through and I'm going to come out over there where the you know, candles are and the curtains are and it's much prettier. And so I thought to myself, I thought, you know, how many rituals have I done in my life? Yeah. How much money have I spent, you know, on going to workshops? to teach me how to walk through the path with the rocks. Over here it's scary and dark and lonely, and over there it's light and bright and billowy. And, you know, here we go, through the path. And I've, you know, experienced the billowing and the light and the joy, and but I just keep coming back to the darkness and the water. <laughs> and, the, and I'm like, good God, you know, how many times do I have to show up and do a ritual and get this reminder? Every day. Yeah, no. No, I just really don't believe that. I believe okay, that I can, every hour. I, I, can, I think I can just put that on the shelf and I can live in this flow. I believe that. So it's it's enacting my belief that I don't have to don't have to keep going to workshops. You don't. You can simply be. You can. I can. So far I haven't, but I but can. But you can. It yeah. is possible. Well, Wayne Dyer, his new book, Wishes Fulfilled, it's really anyone that is interested in reading about the I am that I am expressing and just being in the I am, he has written a fabulous book about that. And it's interesting, the way he writes, he shows why there's such an investment in the human experience pulling against that and and why we, you know, how sort of the human system is almost set up to cause us to say, oh, that's crazy. You can't really live in the spirit flow all the time. What are you, nuts? That there's such a pull in the human mind or resistance to being the truth of who we are that it's almost like it is a retraining. And what I love about reading his book is it affirms exactly what I believe and it strengthens it. Because if if I go to more traditional churches or even Science of Mind Church, to some extent I always say they have this sort of disclaimer, you know, in terms of the thought process, because I don't even really ultimately believe I have to think it, I just think it is. There's really nothing for me to do 
or be or think. I just have to get into the is. And so reading that book, it's really affirming. And I and I think that there's just such a I haven't found you know that that level of it, it is kind of like a you know ultimate commitment of this is really the foundational belief. I am spirit expressing greater works than than I these shall do. You know, I mean, for Jesus to have said that, right, and then for us to say, well, not me, and that I think the idea of if I really get into that belief, greater works than Jesus, and you know, the whole pull of the traditional thought that that would be blasphemy or yesterday I gave the women at jail an assignment to write themselves a love note at the end of the day as if they were God speaking to them and to what would God say to you today what would God say what would God's message be and half of them just got very upset at the idea that that they will know that they could know what God would say that they would be that would make them playing God that would, and they can't do that. They're not God. Who would they be to be presuming to say that they know what God would be saying? It was very upsetting. And so we kind of had to shift it to what would love say? Or what would someone that loves you unconditionally, you know, what would they say? What would your best friend say, kind of thing. But, you know, we have so many kind of, this separation is so supported. So for me to really embrace that I am the I am, is, you know, uh, in many times, people think I'm crazy. Well, they think correct. <laughs> crazy in a good way. <laughs> crazy simply means, like, out of your lowercase mind. Yes, out right. Of the, out of the protocols mm-hmm. of what we have been socialized to believe. And, yes, in that sense, you are absolutely crazy. <laughs> good news. Yes, actually. Come hell or high water, we did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Anything was the same hell. So I guess that is about it. Our time is about up for this episode of Say Yes to Spirit. Um, please check the um, show page for future topics coming up soon to a Say Yes to Spirit near you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I can't think of anything oh. else we want to add. That's it then. All right. So until That's we it. see you again, say, say yes, yes to spirit. spirit.